I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and with me today, Marshall Scott, Pistols Firing's one and only beat writer. Marshall, uh, we are coming off, uh, we're, we're podcasting, we should say, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I, I believe you got some sleep. Did you get some sleep last night? I did. I stayed up for the, uh, the Pac-12 after dark um, debacle between Washington State and UCLA, but I slept after that. Yeah, that was wild. Um, so Oklahoma State lost to Texas, number 12 Texas, on Saturday night, 36-30. to 30. Um, After the game, we uh, we watched Mike Gundy do his do his thing. We, we wrote, we edited, all that good stuff. Um, and I, I, followed, I followed suit with you. I watched the UCLA-Washington State game, and that was just... I, I nearly turned it off. It was just kind of background noise at the moment while I was kind of editing and, and doing our thing. Um, UCLA fell, fell behind by 34 points last night um, and ended up winning that game. That was just complete bonkers. I mean... Yeah, not, I, on, not only to fall behind, but UCLA was 0-3 at that point. Yeah. Washington State was ranked. It's a Mike Leach, Washington State team. It just didn't, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, though, apparently, so this Washington State quarterback, I don't even know his name, Gardner Minshew the fourth or something. Um, I think he, that's it. Yeah, he threw for like nine touchdowns, and they yeah. and they still lost. Nine touchdowns! Can you imagine if Spencer Sanders on Saturday night had thrown for nine touchdowns and Oklahoma State had lost? I think if I was uh, Gardner Minshew the fourth, I would have, I wouldn't have even been a good teammate at that point. I just been like, yeah, it was my defense's fault that we lost this game. I threw for nine touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think there would be calls for Mike Gundy to just like leave Jim Knowles on the tarmac in Austin. That it just would just be totally absurd. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get to uh, an ad read before we do our podcast, and then we will do our podcast. Hey, Cowboy fans. Have you recently started a new business and need guidance? Angel, Johnson, and Blasting Game is here to help. They work with small businesses just like yours every single day, and they can get you on the right track. They can help you set up an LLC. They can get your payroll started, and they can provide you with a professional bookkeeping service and, of course, help with all your tax questions. So give Cameron or Evan a call. Do it now. 405 224 or they have a handy website, ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's Cameron or Evan at 405-224-6363 and the website, www.ajb-cpas.com. All right, Marshall, so let's get to uh, let's get to business here. Oklahoma State lost to Texas 36-30 to on Saturday night. Um, just your overall takeaway from uh, from the game. I thought that was a it, it, it was such a weird game, but um, I don't want I don't want to spoil it. What what were your thoughts from the game? Yeah, weird was going to be the first uh, word I used to describe it. It was just it almost felt like OSU didn't have a shot at winning it until like the last three minutes, which yeah. didn't make any sense because like they were ahead at points, 
They, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. It didn't feel like OSU was in it. And then all of a sudden that onside kick, like they almost, I don't know. We'll talk about that later, but it was just, it was a weird one for sure. Yeah. And at, what was kind of interesting, I thought after the game was, I, I think there was a lot of maybe criticism and maybe rightfully so aimed at, um, aimed at Mike Gundy for some of the play calling and maybe some of the decision-making going on fourth down, um, the fake field goal, and, and maybe some time management stuff that you could maybe kind of scratch your head out. But after the game, Texas coach Tom Herman was like, you know, basically said, hey, we came out with a win. I think a lot of people will question some of my decision-making and some of my time management. And I get that people are upset at Gundy. Um, and I think there's some legitimate beef to that. And some of the, the coaching decisions I think was, a, was a little bit questionable, but the time management was, was pretty dang good. And you have to look at the end of the game. If OSU gets that onside kick, it, it's possible that Spencer Sanders leads a game winning drive. And we're talking about OSU being four and oh, and they're ranked inside the top 25. And, and so the narrative could have shifted, pretty significantly I, I i thought that um for them to even be in it at that stage of the game was was shocking just because i've seen osu play three games this season i think that was easily their their worst performance of the season um so you know i mean i, I don't know there was so many things that went wrong so that's what we're going to get to now uh kyle porter wrote uh 10 thoughts on the game obviously he does that every game and um, I, th- I thought it was a, he had an interesting section in that article where he wrote things that went wrong and it just felt like the list was kind of never ending. I was editing it last night and I think I edited this, what went wrong section from like 1230 AM to like 130 AM It's just, it's kind of maddening, but I wanted to, to kind of go through this. So the first thing that went wrong, drive number one, Spencer Sanders throws a dime piece to Landon Wolf at the four yard line. And somehow, OSU walks away with just three points. Um, and he said, that's foreshadowing. And I really feel like that was kind of the, the theme of the day. It's like they had so many opportunities to kind of capitalize on things and just kind of, a lot of it fizzled. Did you feel like that was that was true? Yeah, for sure. And Gundy even brought up, you know, he said, we can talk about all these ifs and buts and stuff like that. But if, you know, they score on that first drive, or any of the times that they, you know, got in those short scenarios and yeah. weren't able to convert, then this is a, you know, this is a completely different press conference that he's having. So it, it that that's part of the weirdness. You can kind of see, though, even on, I think, Hubbard's first uh, carry was like a loss of two or three or something like that. He mm-hmm. drug like four guys off of him, turned around, and then there were still just more coming. Right. So you can kind of see that OSU wasn't going to, you know, control up front as well as they had against the, you know, Oregon States of the world right. uh, pretty early on. Yeah, and that's that's been kind of the strength of the OSU team thus far this season. It, it feels like anyway is is um, is the running game behind Chuba Hubbard, and obviously the the kind of remade, rebuilt offensive line led by offensive line coach Charlie Dickey, and uh, that was certainly I think discouraging. Um, you know, I think Texas really handled things in the trenches, and uh, a lot of that kind of played out on a huge stage and I think I think that was a that was definitely a point of you know they they definitely need to work on that and uh so yeah let's let's get to the next one uh number two what went wrong false start OSU had this is Porter talking OSU had second and five on Texas 12 on its first drive of the quarter of the third quarter before getting called on a false start to make it second and 10 they pick up eight yards on the next two plays 
Um, but instead, they they go to fourth and two and have to kick another field goal. So that was another kind of missed opportunity. The third thing, uh, the review. This one, this one, I felt like I was actually a, like an angered OSU fan. Um, most of the time, I feel like a media member, but this this just didn't make sense. So Spencer Sanders uh, takes it outside. He runs it up to the Texas three yard line, but the spot. It was it was like comically bad. So he's like yeah. extending it past the three yard line, and they call it. It, it almost looked fake. Like it's like all right, the Texas mascot just took the ball and just like marched it three yards back from where he was supposed to be. I am am I wrong here? Do I have my like orange sunglasses on or what? No, I don't think so. I thought yeah. you know I thought it was a bad spot, given this like you know the circumstance as is. But then. You're like, okay, well, they're going to review it and they're going to get it right. And I understand that changing the spot is some of like the like toughest reviews because it's you know so incremental. Yeah. But yeah, that one that one felt like a big one. But again, you know, they hand to Chuba uh, the next play and he doesn't get it. And that's a that's a thing that you know if you if it's fourth and one and you give it to Chuba Hubbard, he's probably going to get it you know eight times out of ten. So there's just a another part of the weirdness. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was part of the bummer too. Is like. If they get that correct spot, and they even reviewed it and decided that it stood, um, then it's for first and goal, and and they're in business and potentially going to score. Instead, like you said, they go for it on fourth and one. They get stood up, no points. It's just an empty possession. Again, it goes back to kind of the missed opportunities. Uh, number four on the what went wrong list, which is um, is never ending. It's like a, a never ending scroll. Pick zero, so Colby Harvell Peel picks picks off Sam Ellinger, runs it back to the Texas 33, so they're in business. Um, the drive ends with an incomplete pass from Jake McClure to six foot seven tight end Jelani Woods. Um, this was the the infamous uh, fake field goal that uh, that went wrong. Uh, number five on this list, pick number two, um, and this is. There's still a lot of a lot of game left to be played. Uh, Spencer Sanders gets hit, throws his second interception with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and at that point, you kind of feel like the Vince Carter over GIF is um, is about to be posted. Um, the rest of the game is a little distorted. Texas tried to run out the clock, et cetera, et cetera. But when did you feel like this game was like really, really over, Marshall? Honestly, in that second interception didn't they score again though after that yeah second interception yeah but that second interception is when i was like okay this is this is over but then they obviously fought back and uh, almost recovered that onside kick and then even to the point where uh on that third down where sam ellinger scrambled and uh picked up that first i was like okay they still honestly have a shot but my my gut feeling whenever uh sanders threw that second interception was like okay this one's probably over it turned out to not quite be that way but but that was going to be tough to come back from yeah, it, it 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 did feel like that was kind of the writing. The writing was on the wall. So, Oklahoma State. This is kind of the the scoring um, travel throughout the game. So, Oklahoma State scored on the first um, in the first quarter, three zero. Scored first, um, and then a Texas reels off fourteen consecutive points. So Texas takes a fourteen three lead. Going into halftime, it's twenty one twenty Texas. Uh, Chuba Hubbard scores just before the half. Oklahoma State takes the lead in the third quarter. Uh, Matt, Matt Amendola kicks a 27-yard field goal to go up 23-21. Texas responds, goes up 28-23. Texas scores again. It's 36-23. 
And then Oklahoma State scores um, kind of back doors at the very end. It's 36-30. And um, OSU tries to kick an onside. They nearly get it. We'll get to that in a second. But it, uh, it, it seemed like it was close. But I think in reality it felt like it was, uh, it was a pretty far-fetched scenario for Oklahoma State to actually come out and pull out a come-from-behind victory. So uh, we're going to do a segment here, Things We Like and Didn't Like. Um, and we'll just kind of put a bow on this uh, Sunday afternoon podcast. Let's start with some things we didn't like. I wrote down two things, you wrote down two things, and then we will end on a positive note with some uh, things we actually liked. But I'll let you go first. Two things, Marshall Scott, Pistols Firing Beat Rider, that you did not like from Saturday night's game. Okay, I'll start with my my first thing is the just overall differences in line play on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I'm not sure that there's you know I'm not sure there's a whole lot really OSU could do about this. You know they they kind of just got out athleted it seemed, um, but you know the off, OSU's offensive line was having trouble stopping penetration from Texas's defensive line, and Oklahoma State's defensive line basically had no shot all night at getting to Sam Ellinger. So it was just, it's not that uh. I don't. I don't know that there's much really that you know coaching or really anything could do about it. It was just you know kind of frustrating to see uh, how tough it was for Chuba Hubbard to get you know three yards uh, as to where Keontae Ingram was just like, oh, here's here's a quick five piece after I haven't eclipsed 100 yards all season. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. What's your second one? Uh, point number two is the and short play calls. Um, I'm writing about this <laughs> a little bit in my grades that's getting ready to go out, but. Um, Oklahoma State got to third and three or fewer on seven occasions. On six occasions, they handed the ball to Chuba Hubbard. On the seventh time, they that was the pass to Jelani Woods that uh, Landon Wolf got an illegal block called on him, and they brought the play back. So um, Hubbard, I think I think I've written down here he converted on four of his, but the you know the two ones that he didn't convert right. on third and three or fewer were. The first drive, whenever they ended up having to settle for a field goal, yep. And then on the drive that led to the fake field goal, yeah. So those, but those are like you know those are the two drives that really kind of define this game. So the the Anshore, I don't know, you 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 obviously, you know, you take your bets whenever you're handing to the leading rusher in the country. That's not a you know that's not a dumb play call by any stretch of the imagination, but it just kind of kind of got to. There there wasn't much imagination going into it towards the end. It just kind of seemed like okay, they're going to hand over the ball. And that might be because, you know, you're a little scared of that interception that Sanders threw early, which was yeah. an ugly interception. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was just a, it just also seemed a little frustrating at times. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, here's my two two things I didn't like. The first, uh, I did not like the fake field goal. Uh, I felt like that was telegraphed a mile away. Now it was, I believe it was fourth and one at the time. Um, and I could be doing my math wrong here, so yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was like 4th and 1, 4th and 2. They line up for a field goal, and then it's delay of game. So they move them back 5 yards, 4th and 7, and then they go for the fake field goal. That that did not make sense to me at that point. Um, You know, I just either punted away. I think they were pretty deep um, in territory where it would have been a long field goal. Either punch it away or try the field goal or just line it, line your offense up. Like, why are you relying on Jake McClure um, to try and convert a, a first down as opposed to, I don't know, Spencer Sanders or Tuba Hubbard or Tylen Wallace? That didn't make sense to me. Um, and, you know, after the delay of game, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, just 
it, it, I don't know. That that was pretty maddening. Um, and then the second one that I did not like, they ran Chuba Hubbard into the freaking ground. I, I felt like Mike Gundy was trying to set a record, a single-game record for most carries by a running back. I, I, I just, I mean, his, his final stat line looked good if you look at total yards gained. But the guy was averaging like two yards a carry, and they're just running him right into the Texas front line time and again, time and again, against the stack box. It made no sense. Um, you know, I, it goes back to the point that, that Porter made in his 10 thoughts. Just, yeah, Spencer Sanders is young, but, like, just let him go. Let him free. They're daring OSU to beat um, to beat you with its arms and, and through the air. Let Spencer just try and win it because I felt like running Chuba time and again into that brick wall it just was it was number one it was super predictable number two it wasn't very effective so i i just it felt like there was a lack of adjustments in game um it felt like going into the game they just decided hey we're gonna establish the run game whether you like it or not and we they clearly did not and they didn't make any adjustments they just kept running him even late into the into the fourth quarter it's like the guy's running for his life he's running backwards he's running sideways um no bueno i didn't like it so two things we liked we'll end on a high note here um i'll go first marshall and then uh you can you can finish this off here so the, the first thing that i like the most number one i think it's just spencer sanders being awesome in general but the late run that he had against texas um just to, kind of making something out of nothing was was insane I was up and jumping in my office here, just like, oh my gosh, this is oh, this is like, I've literally never seen this before. The guy looked like Deshaun Watson. Am I, it might be a Heisman Trophy type of talent. Do you do you disagree? Am I overreacting here? I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not ready to declare it, but th- <laughs> that was definitely he could have he could have stepped out of bounds, and yeah. obviously, like. You know, you probably want your, you know, franchise quarterback for the next four years to step out of bounds maybe there. Yeah. But the the juke move inside to where like three Texas players ran into each other and he yeah. just kept running out it was it was pretty ridiculous that that guy's a quarterback and he can also, you know, deliver those fifty five yard bombs to Braden Johnson or whatever that was earlier. Yeah, that's insane. I'm watching Lamar Jackson right now on my television and you know, he's not he's not as elusive or explosive as Lamar, but like the dual threat ability from an Oklahoma State quarterback is you know, they've had it before. Like, you know, J.W. Walsh has been dual threat. Clint Shelf was pretty productive. Um, there's a lot of quarterback. Even Taylor Cornelius was pretty productive um, with both his legs and his arms. But um, his elusiveness and him being able to make plays like that just really, really struck me. Um, and we've seen it before. But, you know, against Texas, I think it really, really uh, surprised me. Uh, the second thing I really liked, OSU nearly – recovered that onside kick at the end of the game and we always dog on special teams and OSU doesn't have a special teams coordinator not a full-time one so it's always kind of like a sore subject because I feel like the the punting game is always kind of lacking there's there's basically no return game in in punting and in uh in kickoff but I was pretty impressed with that uh with that onside kick attempt I don't know how they didn't come up with it. It felt like they had like six or seven tries where the ball just was right there for the taking and they, and they didn't quite get it. But I, I commend the OSU staff. I commend the OSU players because they were pretty darn close to recovering that, making that a really, really interesting game. Um, what are your two things that you liked the most from, from the game last night, Marshall? 
yeah, kind of feeding off your first one was just uh, Spencer Sanders' overall competitiveness, and that kind of mm-hmm. goes to that that late game run that he had, where he, you know, he wasn't going to step out of bounds because he knew they needed points. So, yeah. you know, the jab step, the juke inside, the making Texas players look ridiculous, and you know, those Texas kids, those are, you know, four and five star talents. Like Gundy said uh, afterwards, you know, they they run pretty good, and he was still kind of, you know, outpacing them there. Um, you know, he after he threw his first interception, he went back, and he wasn't as uh, you know, visibly frustrated, I guess you could say, as that Tulsa game. He was just talking with Gun, talking it over with Gundy, and you could, you could just really tell that Spencer wanted to win that game. And, and I thought that, like, just just watching him, how he went about, you know, his on the field stuff, it really kind of showed that. And then my number two, and is Tra- Trace Ford. Yes, I honestly don't even know how well Trace Ford played. Um, I'm trying to pull up his stats real quick, but just the, it's crazy that that. That kid was, you know, hitting home runs for Edmund Santa Fe <laughs> yeah. six months ago, and now all of a sudden he's spying Sam Ellinger uh, in Austin. Um, that he, so he's been it's incredible. Just, he's, he's got a he's got a heck of a lot of upside. Uh, I'm trying to find out. No, his, like seriously, every time I I watch the defense, like I actually study it, Trace Ford is like somewhere else. Like I've seen screenshots where Trace Ford is like. 20 yards past the line of scrimmage in coverage. I've seen uh, Trace Ford lined up as like a middle linebacker. Like he is, I, I, I tweeted earlier this week that he is the future of the OSU defense, but like he might actually be the president. Like I can't quite be convinced that this guy is like actually not the best defensive player that OSU has right now. Yeah. So he didn't even get a tackle last night. I don't think per stat broadcast anyways. Wow, but it was just it was just crazy to me. I think it was like the first or second quarter. Yeah, uh, like he chased Sam Ellinger out of bounds, and that was just crazy to me. I was like, "Holy crap, that is Trace Ford right there!" Yeah, in Austin, uh, you know, against number twelve Texas, just a couple of months removed from playing baseball for Edmond Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah, so it was just a like a crazy sight for me to even see. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been really impressive. I'm glad you you wrote that down because that is. Definitely something that has uh, been a bright spot for the OSU defense. Obviously, last night was was not great, but you know they they gave up 36 points. I I think on most nights OSU's going to score more than 36. The offense sputtered a little bit. Spencer struggled at times. He was a uh, he was a little bit up and down, but overall I thought the offense looked looked fairly good. Um, Would have liked to see a little bit more plays through the air. But um, you know they move on. They'll play uh, Kansas State at home. I believe it is next week, and uh, they'll have a chance to bounce back and potentially move up into the top 25 of the polls if they get a win. So, uh, Gundy now moves to seven and eight in Big 12 conference openers, uh, but in second Big 12 games when he has lost the first game, I believe he is uh, nearly undefeated. He's not completely infallible, but um, I think the history shows that OSU can definitely bounce back this week. So. We will uh, try and do a podcast next week as well to uh, to recap that. But uh, in the meantime, thank you all for listening. Marshall, thanks for joining me on this Sunday afternoon. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.